Welcome back in everyone to another fabulous episode of Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper. We are joined by a fantastic guest today. We have the writer and performer Daniel Damiano, whose show One with the Current is playing September 13th through October 8th at the 36th Street Studio Theater. You can get your tickets and more information by visiting eventbrite.com. But we are so excited to be sharing this wonderful show with you. So without further ado, let us welcome on our guest, Daniel Damiano. Welcome to Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper. Well, thank you. And thank you for that wonderful wonderful introduction. Wonderful to be here. We are so excited to have you here. And with this great show that you've got, one with the current, why don't we start by having you tell us a little bit about what this show is and is about? Okay. Well... It's a a solo play that I wrote pretty much in the spring of 2021, and it's about a guy from North Carolina. He's a father, a husband, and he's also a small business owner. He owns a hardware store. And basically, he goes on a fishing trip with a, a childhood friend, and very unsettling events ensue from that trip. And so the the play is sort of like a a back and forth in time, basically surrounding that event that he, that he ultimately partakes in and something that he grows to regret. But the play is basically kind of a, a character study as well as it is a very, very timely for various reasons, but it's also a character study. You really get to know kind of all the ins and outs of, of who this guy is from the perspective of being a family man through kind of what he came from, his aspirations for, you know, the American dream of owning a business and having a family and living simply, very identifiable aspects to him. And so you really get to get all sides of this, of this man and are, the play is pretty much his journey towards something that, you know, that he, that he comes to regret. Wow. That, I dare say that sounds intense. I mean, that, that's, that sounds incredible. So how did you come up with the idea for this story? Well, it's interesting. This is a, this is a play I'm reluctant to kind of review because there's some big reveals in the play. I will say that it came out of the political events that kind of came out of the, obviously the Trump administration and the events that that administration spawned basically and the ideology that that spawned and so i was interested in depicting an individual human being who was a good person to show that basically good people can do you know bad things or things that they come to regret it's it's not a play about someone who wears their politics on their sleeve. It's not a play depicting doing a broad swipe of a type of person. It really is about this one guy. And I guess when I was, one thing about what we all witnessed in the wonderful administration of Emperor Orange, as I come to call him, is the fact that, you know, people had different incentives for kind of following or buying into his, his rhetoric. And they were kind of all different types of, of folks. And so that was kind of a type of thing that, I, that I'm trying to also depict with this particular play. I know it's still kind of vague, but I'm trying to make it intriguing enough without telling too many obvious things. But that's kind of, yeah, the thrust of it. Well, still, that's 
I mean, it's very alluring and that's really, really fantastic. So as the press release stated, I mean, this show's already played elsewhere and it's coming now here to New York to the 36th Street Studio Theater. What has it been like developing this current iteration of the show and, you know, putting it up at this particular theater here in New York? Well, it's it's really wonderful to have a, like a full proper run of it. So it premiered last September, a year ago, next month at the Dream Up Festival at Theater for the New City. So it got its feet wet there. We got six performances and we got one review, which was great. We got a review from Peter Felicia of broadwayradio.com. Very enthusiastic and quite helpful because it's the only review we have to market the show with. So we're certainly using it and we're thankful to Peter. And then I did a one-off of it in January at the New York Society for Ethical Culture. I had done some readings there and had somewhat of a relationship there. So I they let me do a one-off performance there at Adler Hall, which is like a cathedral. I don't know if you've ever been in New York Society for Ethical Culture, the one in the city, but they have like a pretty much a church inside. It's beautiful, but very challenging acoustics. And so we did it for like over a hundred people and got a very enthusiastic reaction. We also got someone who became a primary donor who basically came up to me after that performance. And he, you know, thanks largely to him, we're able to get the funding for the run that we have. So we raised the necessary fund and the, the goal was to just do a full run, to do, you know, try and do four weeks. We're doing four weeks, 24 performances, and just really get the, op- allow the opportunity for more audiences to see it because it, it, for a lot of different reasons, it's something that really should be seen. One, it's very, very timely. You know, it's engaging. It's not too much of a demand of time. It's 70 minutes, no intermission, but it's also something that really engages discussion, which I think a lot of theater should do. And that should be the goal of it, whether you're discussing it in the theater or you're discussing it after the show. And I think this play really does generate feelings and thoughts and questions. And so we're also having talkbacks on our set at the end of our Saturday and Sunday shows, which is great. They're going to be moderated talkbacks and it'll be an opportunity for the audience to ask questions, give their feedback. And so, yeah, we're, we're thrilled to have this nice canvas of, of a four week run in a nice intimate space in the middle of the city to revive the show and I'm I'm excited to share it again. That sounds wonderful. Now, Thank I mean, you. as you mentioned, you know, this is a timely show. It is it dabbles a little bit with political themes. Is there a message or a thought that you hope that the audience walks away with from the show? Yeah, I mean, I think the main one and and it's I think it's proven so from people I've talked to that have seen it thus far is that, you know, really there, but for the grace of God, go we, you know, in terms of anyone in a given moment can do something that's, that's regrettable. And the degrees of that could be wide ranging, but it doesn't necessarily take, you know, it's not just bad people or people that have a history of, you know, a, a criminal nature to do something regret you know regrettable it could really be anybody it could be any it could be people that have a you know out of desperation or for or for various motives and i think it's just important to know that um at the end of the day you know we're all flawed can only really judge so much we can certainly judge someone who does something that we feel is is despicable but to understand that person uh is something that gives greater shading 
to the discussion, which I don't think we always see. I think things are often very much in black and white. And I think this adds a lot of nuance, especially for a New York audience to see. So that's kind of what I want people to come away with the most. It's just kind of nuance, uh, nuances to the, to the discussion. I love that. Finally, for this first part of the interview, I'd love to know who do you hope have access to One with the Current? Really, I mean, all I, this is not, I mean, it's not a, a play for children. So, I mean, that, that's kind of where the buck stops. But I mean, anybody like I'd say, you know, teenagers and, and up, I feel can respond to this. Uh, you know, I do. I think it's, I think it's an engaging enough piece without, you know, singing and dancing to really make all kinds of, of people from all different ages and, and cultures, you know, think and, and muse on it and, and, and have discussions about it. So I really can't say it's a really specific faction. It would be interesting, I think, to have conservative people in the audience because this isn't necessarily the choir that the play is preaching to. However, it's also not a play that is outwardly, you know, condemning that mindset either. So it's, I, I would like to see kind of more of that audience. I don't know how, how, much we will have of it in, in New York's doing it in the city. But as I said, I'm, I'm happy for anyone who's interested to come see this. They can get a ticket and just come in the door. You know, we'll, we'll have them. And I think they'll at least come away with, with something to, to think about. I want to change things up now and let our listeners get to know you a little bit better on a personal level. And I want to start with our tried and true first question out the gate, which is what or who inspires you? What playwrights, composers, shows have inspired you in the past or are just some of your favorites? You know, I, I get inspiration from a lot of different creative sources. I mean, of course, at the beginning of my playwriting career, I mean, my inspirations were, you know, Arthur Miller and Edward Albee and, and, and Tennessee Williams, Ionesco. I love John Cassavetes, the filmmaker. He's, he's very inspiring for me as a writer and, and as a director and someone who, particularly as someone who self-generated a lot of his films he made. I don't know if you're familiar with some of the films of John Cassavetes, like A Woman Under the Influence and stuff. These great films of the 70s and 80s and late 60s. And that's always inspiring for someone that tries to self-generate their work, that doesn't always want to wait for someone's approval to produce something or to cast you in something. So people that self-generate are also kind of inspiring to me. Anne Sexton, the poet, is someone I, I admire greatly as a writer. Dostoevsky, uh, The Beatles. Yeah, a lot, a lot of different sources. Really good art. Good art is inspiring to this day. Good literature, good theater. That just always reminds you why you do this and what you what you want to aspire for. Yeah, that's a wonderful list. Some great names on there. Very mm -hmm. good names on there. Have you had a chance to see any great theater lately that you might be able to recommend to our listeners? I saw something interesting that a friend of mine was in 
that was a, it was a brand new musical. I just closed. It was at the brick and I hadn't been at the brick in over 10 years. The brick is a theater in, in Brooklyn, as you probably know. And it was called the dastardly thorns. And I forget the rest of the name. It was kind of a, it was a music. I don't normally gravitate to musicals, but it was just a fun piece. It was kind of like a bit of a tongue in cheek, Western style, Hatfield and McCoy's type almost piece with original music. And I just went to see it because a friend was in it and I didn't know anything else about it. And it's still, it's still in development. So it might rear its head again and be a little more trimmed down or whatever, but, but that was fun. That was one of the more recent things that, that stuck out to me. Well, that show still sounds fantastic. I hope it gets to come back in a new, uh, new form, hopefully. Yeah. Kind of going along with that. What is your favorite part about working in the theater? I love, you know, from both a, a acting perspective and a playwright's perspective, I really love the rehearsal process. I think that's always really fun and exciting. Just building something that is eventually going to be displayed for for audiences. That's that's a real kick. That whole process of of putting something together and then getting it out there and then and then how that changes once the audience is brought in because the molecules in the room always change all of a sudden it's it's very different again once the audience is there and then adapting to those audiences is exciting as well so that's that's really the best part for me oh i love that answer it's one of my favorites so that's a great one we've now arrived at my favorite question to ask yes okay. <laughs> what is your favorite theater memory? Probably one of my first swans, Andrew. So when I was 14 or 13, my mother, I was, I'm from Jersey. I've been in New York like 32 years though, but my mother brought me into the city to see a revival of uh, death of a salesman. This was 1984 and it was with Dustin Hoffman and that production the play and the production to this day is kind of the the apex for me. That's that's what I aspire to in terms of the quality of the writing, the quality of performance. That was that was everything to me. And I remember that as as a 13, 14 year old kid vividly. I mean, they made a film. They actually made a film a version of it in 85, but it was a different type of staging, but most of the same cast. But that was just incredible. I mean, I've had a lot of nice theater memories, but that is the most vivid and the most impactful, for sure. That is amazing. What a great memory. What a show. What yeah. a show to see. Yeah, John Malkovich was in it. Dustin Hoffman was Willie Loman. He was terrific. Yeah, there was there was other actors that you, you might not know, but that are still working, like Stephen Lang, who was an avatar. He was the evil sergeant. I Funny, I just saw him at the... I was at the WGA SAG March and I saw Stephen Lang and I almost came up to him because he was happy in that original production. And I almost came up to him and just said, I just want to tell you, you were a part of like, to me, the, the quintessential theater production, but I didn't, I choked. But, <laughs> but yeah, it was wonderful. There was a lot of, you know, just working theater actors in that, not a lot of famous people aside from Dustin Hoffman, but it was, it was, yeah, it was really awesome. That's amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that. Oh, thank you for asking. <laughs> Well, do you have the upcoming projects or productions that we might be able to plug for you? Right now, everything is kind of, as far as, I don't have, an, I don't know what's happening in theater for me after this. So that, that I, I have, 
I don't have anything forthcoming productions that I know of at this point. I'm in a film that's probably going to supposed to be released around October, but that may be moved. It's a play called, it's a film called House of Waltz by a wonderful independent filmmaker, Rodney Frere. It's a feature. He's created a series called City of Mercy and Placebo Heart, which you can see on, I think on Vimeo. And he so that's might be coming out in the fall, but we don't know specifically. Yeah. And then I have a couple, I don't know if you want to mention, I have a couple of novels that people can actually, that are already out and people can buy if they want. So I wrote, I have two novels that I've written. One is called The Woman in the Sun Hat, about a woman who is basically a Long Island housewife who just gets back into teaching after 15 years of being a, you know, a wife and mother to a very successful dermatologist. And she just gets her foot back into teaching and getting a sense of her old creative self when her husband is arrested for insurance fraud. And basically her whole life is, is upended and her and her kids basically become kind of vagabonds. And it's a, it's humorous, but it's also, you know, there's a lot of pathos and it's a, it's a character study. And then my second book, which came out last December is called Graphic Nature about an executioner in 1913 France. And so those are out there if anyone's interested. That is fantastic. Mm -hmm. Two great reads for me to pick up at least. I'm all about that. That's wonderful. Well, finally, if our listeners would like more information about One with the Current or about you, perhaps they'd like to reach out to you. How can they do that? Sure. Well, my my actor writer website is just my first and last name.com. So www.danieldamiano.com. You can see all current projects and publications and little sample reels and all that fun BS. And you can message me through my website if you'd like. My company, Fandango for Art House, which is my wife and I's company. And we're, that's, we're who's producing one with the current. Our website there is Fandango, like the dance, the number four, arthouse.weebly.com and you can see what we're up to as a company through that site and also contact us if you'd like to be involved in what we do or, and be on our mailing list and all that good stuff we're happy to include you perfect yeah well daniel thank you so much for taking the time to stop by and chat with me about this fantastic show and all the other amazing things that you're up to this has been truly a wonderful wonderful interview so thank you so much oh thank you andrew it's been great really appreciate it my guest today has been the writer and performer daniel damiano whose upcoming show one with the current is playing september 13th through october 8th at the 36th street studio theater You can get your tickets and more information by visiting eventbrite.com. You can also get more information about Daniel by visiting his website, danieldamiano.com, or his company's website, fandangoforarthouse.weebly.com, and that's for the number four. We're going to have all this information posted on our episode description as well as on our social media post. But make sure you get your tickets now at eventbrite.com for One with the Current, playing September 13th through October 8th. So until next time, I'm Andrew Cortez reminding you to turn off your cell phones, unwrap your candies, and keep thinking <laughs> about the theater. In a stage whisper. Thank you. Two friends from old New 
sang the praises of If you like what you hear, please leave a five-star review, like, and subscribe. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Stage Whisper Pod. And feel free to reach out to us with your comments and personal stories at stagewhisperpod at gmail.com. Our theme song is Maniac by Jazzar. Other music on this episode provided by Jazzar and Billy Murray. You can also become a patron of our show by logging on to patreon.com slash stagewhisperpod. There you will find all the information about our backstage pass as well as our tip jar. Thank you so much for your generosity. We could not do this show without you. And the lights of old.